Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the first day of living life as Gwyneth Paltrow. We are going to be going into the world of goop this week, looking at goop, all goop. of that. Going to look on Amazon and see if we can get some knockoff products to try real quick. We'll see all of that. Um, I just remembered that I have to send Kat Benson a link to this stream because she's going to come on at 830. So you know what's sad? Real quick. What's up? There's a I said it's kind of sad that there's a good chance the knockoff products are actually going to be healthier than the uh, the expensive brand ones. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> Why? These are placebo uh, <laughs> health products. Therefore, they have no net negative value to your life. Oh, awesome. Oh, how's everyone doing this morning? My water's like four feet away. <laughs> All right, hold on, guys, real quick. I am inviting, I'm going to send the link to Kat because I know she wanted to do this morning. Here is the link to join us at 8.30 today. Man, okay. oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Oh, man. So before we get too deep into Gwyneth Paltrow, I have a very important question for everyone, which is, this is the thing I've been considering, should we take this morning show and put it on a separate YouTube channel? Because... Right now, Savvy Writes Books, the channel has eight live streams and three videos a week, putting out 11 pieces of content a week. I'm wondering if that is overwhelming and is making people, like intimidating people away from the channel. I don't know. Um, 10X, but, got 10X. 110 pieces of content a week. <laughs> if they're getting annoyed, they're not your fans and they, and they know you exist. That's the thing, dude. I'm wondering like, should I take the Grant Cardone approach and just like pound it even harder? I don't yep. know. No, no, no. It's the Chuck Tingle approach. You got to pound it in the butt. Pound it in the butt with, with the live my stream. butt. <laughs> <laughs> pound stream yard in the butt. Uh, so I'm running polls on Instagram, on YouTube, and on my Patreon. But I also just want to know what you guys think to see what people's thoughts are about, like, do you like having it all in one place versus would you rather have a channel devoted just to this? Um, either way, we're always on Spotify and all of that. So, but I just wanted to know everyone's thoughts because I'm very new to this kind of thing. I've seen YouTubers in the past have like a separate live streaming channel. The drip. Yeah. Like the drip. Yeah. And so sometimes I'm wondering, is there something to that? Like, is there, is that worth doing maybe? Um, so, okay. Well, so far everyone in the chat is saying they want it to stay on this channel. Okay. Interesting. Um, cause I'm running a poll on YouTube and I think it's saying the opposite in the community tab, but if you guys want it on this channel, like you're the ones who watch this, um, I'm also going to probably prioritize the Patreon poll cause that's what I always do. But either way, I want to know what everyone thinks and try to figure out what the best way to move forward would be. I heard prioritize and then I heard Pate and I was like, prioritize the patriarchy. Savvy. <laughs> I'm going to prioritize the patriarchy and save myself. Um, Amanda, we can absolutely do Chuck Tingle week. Savvy and I you will should. write a funny erotica in one week. Yeah, we can make it a uh, simp worthy or turfs all the way down or one of the titles. Is turfs all the way with. down an erotica? <laughs> Beware no, the comment section. It probably can be a not. <laughs> <laughs> Turns all the way down is a JK Rowling parody. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought that was going to be a not so thin jab at JK Rowling, and we're going to write a book about a successful author who who ruined her online presence. All right. Okay. So these are some interesting comments. Or his. Comments. So there's no direct trace. So Manic Bane says it can be kind of overwhelming having it mixed in your videos, and I'm sometimes having trouble finding your other videos with him as the premiere. Yeah, that's what I worry about. But 
Um, a few people say to keep it here. And Council of Geeks, who I trust because Council of Geeks has a channel three times my size, uh, says, I would maybe have a separate channel to archive the streams, but you should stream on the biggest platform you have. Savvy, they're four it? times your size. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, this is a bit like four <laughs> point something times your size. Come you're on. You're right. No, okay, congratulations to Council of Geeks who I, yeah, you're right. They just reached 50,000 like yesterday. So congratulations. Also, Council of Geeks, I've been meaning to email you. Do you do sponsorships on your channel? Because I want to sponsor one of your videos. Hit me up. Uh, I, I figured I'd just say that publicly instead of handling that like a professional. Because now you can't pretend that you didn't hear it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I won't check my DMs. Liar. <laughs> Every time um, I see stop picking your nose, I instinctively like, and I like, yeah, I don't pick it. Stop, stop picking your noses in the chat. And I'm always like, oh, maybe I do need to stop picking my nose. Damn it. It's, it's sort of like how people used to like name their screen names, your mom or some shit like yeah. that. It's like, oh God. You got With me. My mom in here. Yeah. <laughs> Your mom's house. What is this? A crossover episode? Oh, I love how there you got the Bojack reference in there too. I love it. I love it. I have not seen Bojack Horseman yet. Oh, you should watch it. It's a really good show. Although we have different tastes in everything. So whenever I recommend you something, I think I'm, we like shows. I don't think we probably I think like the same shows. I, I I love Bojack Horseman. I think it's one of the best shows. Um, like oh, Kat Benson, right? I, by the way, I see you're in the chat. I said, oh, you, you did get, okay. I sent you to join the, the stream. Um, awesome. Dude, I'm like double fisting dehydration and hydration right now. This is like <laughs> so not guru. Because, okay. So I mean, to be fair, I'm doing the same thing right here. See, we're, we're like where it matters. Our blood alcohol content and our, our hydration levels are, our, our pH level is the same. I'll give us that. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, we both we both have PhD. Uh, kidding, we're not that cool. Uh, but New Orleans fucking sucks sometimes. I love it, and therefore I can talk shit about it. But you know, you wake up and it's like thirty degrees, and you're like, okay, it's gonna be a cold day. So you get dressed for a cold day, and then you go outside, and it's forty degrees. It's like, you know what? It's still chilly. Whatever, I'm fine. And then you're halfway through your walk with Logan, and it's like, oh my god, it's fifty degrees, and I'm dying because I dressed for winter. And then it's almost sixty degrees by the time you get back to your apartment, and you have to roll up all of your things, and you sweat, and you quickly rush to take a shower before the stream okay so i just searched amazon for goop products and here is what i found is this candle that says this smells like Gwyneth paltrow's vagina oh god i hope it smells good now like can you imagine if she put out a candle that said like her vagina scent and it just smelled spoiled uh that's disgusting but I'm looking on Amazon to see if I, I wanted to see if I could get any goop knockoff products real quick. But a lot of these are like, is Gwyneth Paltrow wrong about everything? <laughs> and then some of her like recipe books. Goop see, clean beauty. See, you know how people say celebrities need to stay in their own lane and yeah. they, it's just like code for they hate when basketball players have an, a political opinion. This is one of those examples of what they should be saying celebrities should stay in their lane for. Don't talk about health if you don't research the science behind it. Well, I remember there was a huge uh, drama a while back on Twitter because uh, Gwyneth Paltrow was promoting putting the jade eggs in your vagina. And a gynecologist came on Twitter and was like, please, please don't do, don't this. do this. This is a way to get a terrible infection. This is not safe. Do not put jade eggs in your vagina. And then Gwyneth Paltrow's team tried to spin it as like, this gynecologist is being racist because she 
only cares about Western medicine. And the gynecologist was like, no, dude. I care about to do with that. Just don't put jade eggs in your vagina. I think it was just a, a scheme for them to smuggle drugs. Guys, put these jade eggs in your vagina and drop them off at our shipping locations for a free goop product. Don't ask what's inside them, though. So apparently, Is Gwyneth Paltrow Wrong About Everything is a fantastic book. Maybe we should read it this week for because we haven't we don't have a book to review at the end of this week yet. Uh, is it Maybe in my library? I don't want to buy a book. I, I Every book we've done so far, I've been able to get at my library. Why do I have bell peppers in my cart? I don't know. Why do people... <laughs> Like I like bell peppers, but Aaron's addicted to TikTok, and there's this girl on there that's like a keto girl, and she uses bell peppers for everything. And I don't think I could live on that diet whatsoever. Like she's like, guys, look at this delicious zero carb sandwich. Like that's not a sandwich. You just stuff the bell pepper, and it's cold. Like it's, it yeah. doesn't look appetizing. Dude, this might actually be a good book for us to review on this uh, stream, though. Uh, it's not at my library. Maybe it, I'll yeah, check I mean, my check library. if it's at your library. Yeah, I've been paying for all the books. Like a loser. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I don't consult your finances. I consult my own. I, uh, <laughs> speaking I mean, of which... Why is the paperback more expensive than the hardcover? That's some bullshit. Either way, I'm going to add it to my cart. Is it... Um, I don't know. Are you buying directly from... I don't know. Because if it's if it's a secondary offering, then that that would make sense. Just because it's someone trying to sell it for what they can. What's up, mushroom destroyer? How is life? Share. I saw your email. Sorry about that. It was in my spam folder. I will reply to that today. Um. So okay. So before we get into the morning routine. Okay, I watched the movie Shallow Hell this past weekend because somebody recommended it in the chat. I don't think they recommended it as a good movie. They just talked about it because it, I mean, it's a pretty stupid movie. But I talked about Tony Robbins. Because, yeah, because we were okay, because that's the thing is we were talking about Tony Robbins and we were doing Tony Robbins week right before Gwyneth Paltrow week. And someone was like, oh, this is a movie where Jack Black gets hypnotized by Tony Robbins and then falls in love with Gwyneth Paltrow. And I was like, wow, this is like. As someone else just said, what is this, a crossover episode? That's what I felt. So we were, so uh, I decided to watch a movie and it was pretty stupid. And I was, it was very weird to see, like, I guess this movie's 20 years old now. There's a lot of jokes that would not hold up nowadays. Uh, there's also, the jokes are just not good also. It's like, like, it's just, it's dumb. Although I just like Jack Black. I think he's a very charismatic guy. Oh, he's hilarious. I mean, have you seen his, <laughs> like, I, I follow him on all his socials now. He's just hilarious. He, he can walk down the street and make it hilarious. A cat's asking if I was drunk shopping for veggies. Because we know I drunk shop and now apparently I have bell peppers in my Amazon cart. I don't know where. <laughs> Amanda says I have complicated feelings about that movie. Me too. The Here's gurus the are getting to you. I have, okay, so I didn't, I, this is the first time I saw the movie. I remember it being advertised a lot. And I was like, if it came out in 2001, I would have been eight or nine when it came out. So I remember seeing advertisements for it, but I had never heard the name Hal before. So I thought the movie was actually called Shallow Hall. And I thought it was about like Jack Black and Gwyneth Paltrow hanging out in a shallow hallway. Nah, it's the sequel to Annie Hall. He just <laughs> goes from cre creepy to creepier. <laughs> 
Yeah, so that that movie, it was just, it was also uh, focusing on the business guru aspect. It was weird seeing Tony Robbins portrayed as the good guy, where it was like, oh, this Tony Robbins guy with all his magical powers. That, and it was like a completely non-magical movie. It was all real life, except that Tony Robbins had magic. And that Tony Robbins played Tony Robbins. And it was, it was weird. Also, Tony Robbins is a terrible actor. I was going to ask, it isn't like, Call or call Tony Robin callouts. Isn't that relatively new? Like I, I know it's been going on for a few years now, but uh, twenty years ago, wasn't he a hero? More? I think so. Well, because when I, even though people have been calling him out lately, I remember when Monica and I did our first video reviewing Tony Robbins's documentary "I'm Not Your Guru" and talking about his MLM involvement and things like that. We put that video series out because someone on her channel had been like, "You guys should look into Tony Robbins," and everyone was like, "Oh, is he a problem?" I love Tony Robbins, and then we got the video premiere ready, and everyone's like, "Oh no, are you gonna shatter my illusion?" I've always thought Tony Robbins was really cool. So yeah, I think honestly, like the trend of bashing Tony Robbins for being a scammer is fairly recent. I won't say that like I wasn't the first one to do it by any means, but I will say that like like post recession. Yeah, mm-hmm. I will say that I think it's been it's been gaining some traction. So, but it's just so weird to see t- Tony Robbins' seminars being seen as like, oh, these are these are a cool thing to go to. Let uh, me see you roar. Yeah, that was it. Was a weird movie. Uh, it was also just very silly. Yeah, uh, I have not seen that since around when it came out. I still sort of remember it. Like I remember him going to the hospital and seeing all the little kids and being like, oh man, y'all, are you sure y'all are sick? You look fine to me. You just want to get out of school. I remember that scene. Yeah, and everyone I, thought it was a cute joke, but he was just saw them different because Tony Robbins is hypnosis. Yeah. I remember it being weird that like the one girl he was sort of into looked the exact same afterwards. So she was just as good of a person as she was attractive, I guess. Okay, so there's that one girl in it that he meets in the taxi at the beginning who he doesn't end up dating but they hit it off and it kind of keys him into something's going on and then he sees her at the end after he gets unhypnotized and he doesn't recognize her but she looked the same i was confused i don't know if maybe they like did a subtle thing where they made like her teeth a little weirder or something but i was i was confused i was just confused by a lot of this movie i'm confused by most things in life though the moral of the story is don't fall is don't fall in love too quickly because then you're like the real love of your life comes ten minutes after. The moral of the story <laughs> is if Tony Robbins is in the same elevator as you, you should run because take the stairs. Take Get the healthy. stairs because Tony <laughs> Robbins is not someone you want to be trapped in an elevator with. That is yeah. the moral of the story, guys. The moral of just about every story <laughs> is take the stairs. Okay, take we know that we, we know someone's going to say that that's ableist. We're sorry. It's just it's the moral of some stories. Go, go with it doesn't have to be the moral of every story. It can just be the moral of this story. Or find, find your own morals there. Everyone just, happy. Or even take a different elevator. Just don't don't end up with in the elevator trapped with Tony Robbins. In in the story of the tortoise and the hare, you gotta be the hare and you don't get tired. And then you find a car and then you race the tortoise again. Grant Cardone. Um there was something else I didn't understand about this movie, but I forgot it. Oh, I didn't understand why George Costanza cared so much. Because, I don't know, I remember he was, like, really shallow about the one, like, toe being longer than the yeah, other one. Yeah, so, yeah, so... Oh, it's because he has friend, a tail. It's because yeah, he has I, a tail. I know that, but I'm wondering why he cares so much about... About Where Jack was Black I getting hypnotized. these memories? Why are they bubbling up? <laughs> so I so George Costanza really wants Jack Black to get unhypnotized. <laughs> 
and he like tracks down Tony Robbins and gets him to have like have a phrase that he can say to snap him out of it. But I'm like, why does why does George Costanza care so much about the fact that Jack Black has a girlfriend? Is it just because he's jealous that Jack Black is finding happiness and he's not? Or is there another reason? Because he's just like, I want my friend back. I'm like, dude, your friend's the same guy. He just has a girlfriend now. Like, I was totally lost with that. Dude, all of my memories for this movie are flooding back right now. <laughs> I saw, I remember now, I saw it on a plane. It was, it was, it was oh! being shown on a plane. And so my options were be bored or watch Shallow Hell. Mm-hmm. And now looking back on it, that's not much of an option. Yeah. No wonder I remember it so well. It was... Like, even if it was during the era of cell phones, which it wasn't, there's no choice but to watch it and be fully focused on it. Because what else are you going to do on a plane? Sleep? Take Ambien? Or, or or watch a movie? Don't take Ambien on a plane. Yeah, so someone was mentioning that he didn't want, because he didn't want Jack Black to have an obese girlfriend. But it was like, why does George Costanza, like, I get that George Costanza was also really shallow. But it's not his girlfriend, it's his friend's girlfriend. Well, there are some shallow people who, like, don't want anyone in their, in their like, orbit to be ugly really i don't know i know that there was that book like the duff where you were only allowed to have one designated ugly fat friend so that everyone else looks good and that everyone else in your orbit has to be hot whoa okay i'm getting tuned into all these kinds of incredibly weird and awful people today i, I should have known because we're, <laughs> we've been living like business gurus i should have known there were more awful people in the world Council of Geeks, like, read a book, Manga Grief. I mean, I actually didn't like reading when I was younger. When did Shallow Hal come out? I I, I didn't like reading when I, I got into reading when I was... Yeah, I didn't like reading when I was 10. Oh, that's I, interesting. I got into reading when I was 22. I got into reading when I was almost done with my English degree. <laughs> I know, I understand that, though, because I... Well, I loved reading as a kid, but I went through a reading slump that lasted, like, from the beginning of high school through the end of college. So what, following it, like YA novels were a thing I liked in middle school and then in full adulthood because I didn't like to read for that full like eight years, which sucked. But I think it was a product of like having too many things I was required to read and it made reading feel like an obligation rather than something for fun. That might might have been it because I don't know, it was more fun to like figure out ways around reading than it was to... Um... <laughs> to, to actually read when I was younger. I don't know. I got into reading because I read comic books in, in college. And then I slowly just, I, I know that's sort of mm-hmm. in, embarrassing because. I don't think so. But, but I yeah. comic books are great. Yeah. No, no, no. To, to get into reading that late, not comic books. Comic books oh, to get into, yeah. Oh, I yeah. understand. No, I, I don't think that's, a, that's the thing. I think there's a weird, there's a weird like social expect, expectation that people will find what they care about and be good at it by like, their teen years or early 20 like it's ridiculous people have this idea that like once you're in your 30s or 40s you shouldn't be bad at things anymore and if there's the things that you're bad at you should just stop doing them and I think that's really weird because I do things I'm bad at all the time I even live stream doing things I'm bad at because I just constantly want to learn new things yeah I'm always a fan of your live stream cooking streams because it's fun watching you get better it's fun watching me set the oven mitt on fire. Yeah, that was that was an impressive accomplishment. You still <laughs> got to do your live stream for the other uh, two ingredient bagels. I'm waiting. Oh, on that. I'm going to do that. Yeah, I've just been I've been streaming a whole lot, and I've been running out of time, so I haven't done any cooking streams because I haven't been cooking. I've been like making frozen pizzas. 
Yeah, so uh, I completely agree with Spence on it. it. Was a fantastic gateway drug for reading. I um, mm-hmm. I, I I remember like the first two I read were like Planet Hulk and uh, Civil War, and then I started reading more of the um, non superhero style comics because I wanted to see what those were like. So I read this one uh, comic called Pyongyang, which was about this Canadian journalists ventures into north korea and they didn't allow him to uh to record anything obviously because it's north korea so he just doodled and he kept a diary of his entire adventure there through cartoons and he published that i love that all right so y'all we're gonna but uh we've got about 10 minutes before we're gonna bring on cat to talk about her experience this is fun because so when we bring on cat benson she is a licensed dietitian so she's going to be able to uh, shit talk everything Gwyneth Paltrow's recommending. Uh, cat shit talking. Shit talking shit, shit talk with Cat Benson. Benson. <laughs> I love shit. it. I love it. Uh, so first we'll just read through Gwyneth Paltrow's morning routine, which is incredibly vague, so that we get an idea of what we're up against this week. I didn't even know what to do this morning, so I just woke up and walked the dog and got on the stream. Did you, uh, what, what is it, steam your vagina? I did not steam my vagina. I considered steaming my butthole, but then I remembered that I left my butthole steamer somewhere else. Oh, the separate steam. That actually makes sense for hygiene purposes. Yeah, it's important to have a different steamer for every orifice. Or yep. Do you have a belly button steamer? <laughs> orifice steamers. <laughs> um okay. So she said oh, this is too small. I gotta I gotta zoom this in. That's what she said. Zoom this in. Boop. There did I sh- did I live stream my live stream? No, I did not share. <laughs> my mornings have slowed down consider- considerably. School drop-offs and rushing to an exercise class to cram in a workout before my first meeting seem like a distant memory, but a new set of constants have taken their place. Since quarantine began, I've started every morning with meditation. Oh, okay, I, I need to Name. start meditating. You do, have, dude. I'm telling you, the downward dog app, the five minute meditation, it's a great way to get started with it. Well, she says she okay, so she she has multiple apps she uses. I'm sure this is all affiliate shit. Like she's like plugging these specific apps. I'm sure these are affiliate stuff. She uses the Insight Timer. What is TM sessions? What does that mean? Oh God, there's jokes to make about it but i don't know what it actually is oh okay good i'm glad i i I know the breathing app is like what's on your your watch it comes with it and it's sort of vibrates when you're supposed to inhale and then it stops when you're supposed to exhale so maybe i'll try headspace i've heard of that app i think i downloaded it at one point because i did want to try meditation and then it started giving me ads and i was like this isn't good Since you're savvy, just just live stream for five minutes and that'll motivate you to do it. Just be like, okay, hey guys, I'm going to say nothing. I am motivated to do things when I can broadcast it on the internet. I'm so productive when I do that. And then I get off of a stream and I'm like, well, now I'm all alone. So like, how am I supposed to get anything done? I'll just go to sleep. And then when I, I get on a stream, I'm like, yes, let's do this. Is, is it anything or just things that you like generally don't want to do and you need to find the motivation to? I don't know. I just, I, when I'm by myself, I don't want to do anything. I just want to sleep. Like and people ask about like playing, like that's the reason I started live streaming the Sims because it's a single player game that I like to play, but I don't like playing video games by myself. Your mind is wild. I mean, the, the fact that it's like <laughs> the first step to do anything 
is a camera. And then after that, you're willing to do anything. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, mostly it's just being like being surrounded by people and feeding off of other people's energy. Um, so that's why there have been like I, the one thing I really miss about college was like I loved living in dorms or I loved, you know, being in a, a campus where everyone you knew lived close together. And so you were just always in each other's space. I loved that. Because I could just, like, walk out of my bedroom. Actually, the only thing I hated was when I did have a, my own bedroom to myself. I kind of would get lonely when I'd fall asleep. Because I'd be like, oh, there's no one else here. So you're constantly feeding on the energy. Do you find you give it back? Like, okay, what, what, what's, what's the input-output of savvy? You, you, you take in the energy of your surroundings. What do mm -hmm. you give back? Do you give back energy? Do you transfer it into something else? What is your output? That's interesting. I've never thought of it that way. I don't know. You don't I, remember the input output machines of like uh, elementary school math where they like made no, you draw. Oh, I they, think we had those. <laughs> they made us like actually draw machines on the chalkboard for multiplication. It's like, guys, if you put in this much, how much do you get out? I was like, now I know how to do math. You put it all in a box and something shoots out. <laughs> no, we never did that. <laughs> I think they just wanted to like make learning fun and it worked because. I remember the answers. I just don't remember the questions, which is how to live a successful life. <laughs> I I think my output is that I'm like, tr I try to, you know, give, give out, uh, like I try to entertain people, try to make people laugh and smile. And then I also try to take the energy they're giving me and use it to like, so that's why I like writing live streams. I use it to fuel the work that I'm doing. Or like when we stream on Sunday and work on Cancel Show in Boston, then I I love to, I love that we're just talking and interacting with the chat all at once while we're editing a book. That's the easiest way for me to do it. If I had to just edit the book, otherwise it'd take me forever. I would be so distracted. See, I think your output might be like laughter. Like I think you're a very funny person. So you oh, suck in you. all the energy and then you provide laughter. I'm like Kirby. All right, I'm Kirby. I'm just sucking everything in. So and you I'm, are Kirby. I'm swallowing it, and then I'm, I'm putting something out, depending what I swallowed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's just go on. <laughs> okay, so... So she relaxes her body and mind, and then the, there's an hour before the kids wake up. Every well, I'm not gonna wake up an hour before the kids because I don't have any kids. Does she wake up at five a.m. or is she like like is she, this the combination of Grant Cardone and Rachel Hollis where she simultaneously wakes up on the offensive and before and her kids but also has strained her kids to like know better and, and to like guys I'm gonna wake up an hour before you you're not waking up until eleven. Yes, mom. <laughs> yes, mom. I'll stay asleep so you can do your work without me distracting you and being a burden on your life. So when Brad and I hang out in the kitchen, I mean, okay, so what she does is she goes with, in the kitchen with Brad. I don't have anyone in my life named Brad, so I can't do that. However, Get I do a have a cup of coffee with half and half like she suggests right here. So I'm already drinking the coffee with half and half. That was already what I was doing. So that's, she says coffee with half and half counts as meditation in its own right. And I am grateful. I think that's a joke, but I don't care because I'm going to count it. I love my coffee with half and half. See, Y'all, sometimes like a... my house is totally out of food. 
and I will just go weeks without going to the store. I'll just be like, can I eat ramen? Can I eat this old can of refried beans instead? I don't want to go to the store. But the second I run out of half and half for my coffee, I'm like, I don't care if we're in the middle of the worst of the pandemic. I'm putting my face mask on and barreling through the convenience store because I need my half and half or else I will die. I drink coffee black. I did during Rachel Hollis week. I drank the first cup of coffee black. Doesn't she use sweetener? I forgot. She uses no, no, cinnamon. She, she uses, yeah, cinnamon. Wait, does it, I forgot. Doesn't she use collagen? I don't know what collagen is, but maybe. I know it's not vegan because I know uh, What's-Her-Face called it out as because uh, she, she was calling out a company for saying that it's vegan health products and that it includes collagen, which is not vegan. So that's so all I know about it. When it's morning routine goes into a bunch of ads for her own products. So I don't, I think this is why she doesn't get that specific about her routine because she really just wants it to be ads for her own products. She's like, I drink coffee. By the way, here's the Goop Fairtrade specialty coffee to be the richest, best tasting coffee we could find. Um, she so, has so many affiliate links, doesn't she? Oh, well, I don't even know if it's affiliate links. This is just like, her own company yeah. sells. So, so this is, this is, the script for an infomercial. Basically, so she's like, oh, by the way, here's my Goop coffee you can buy. Here's my Goop mug. Here's this other mug. Here's these ugly-ass mugs you can buy. Here's the this coffee maker. Here's this milk frother. I didn't even talk about frothing milk, but why not just buy it because it's on my website? A $250 milk. Dude, you can just get, like, the Keurig with the milk frother for that price. Wait, hold on. I didn't realize... This mug is $50. The mug is $50. Does it cure something? Does it, does it? Let's, let's look at the mug. Does it, does, does it steam your areas for you? Like The mug is $50. Is it why, one of a kind? I don't why know. Why is it so expensive? Dude, she does not get called out. Like, <laughs> the fuck? Okay, here, we're going to look at why this mug is so expensive. Dude, I used to judge Kanye's sneaker line. I feel bad for that now. Designed at Kaneko Koyo, a hundred-year-old ceramics workshop that originally specialized in Shinto and Buddha Buddhist altarpieces. I'm not paying for its age. <laughs> makes every sip feel truly special. Why we love it. The glazed blush pink porcelain mimics the warm, rustic look of hand-formed clay. So it's not even hand-formed clay? Then why are you charging $50 it for it? It just mimics hand-formed clay. Got it. Got it. Dude, it better be microwave and dishwasher safe. For fifty fucking dollars for the mug. I don't know. I'd almost if it's fifty bucks, I almost want it to be like a one of a kind, one use. Like this is made from dry sand, carefully constructed together, and will disintegrate as you sip your drink. And it will be a one of a time, a one of a kind, one time experience. And that's why you're paying fifty dollars for it. Like I don't want to spend fifty bucks on something I gotta look at every day and regret. Like man, I can't believe I bought this mug again. Mm hmm. All right, y'all. Well, Kat is here, so we're going to bring her on right now. Y'all, this is Kat Benson. She's been in the chat the entire time on all of our shows. She also has a YouTube channel called Unlocked Nutrition that I highly recommend everyone check out. I will pull it up in a second. She, I found her through the anti-MLM community because she does a lot of videos about 
you know, take like from her dietitian perspective, looking at companies like Beachbody that try to sell this like health narrative and using like her expert knowledge to break down why these companies are actually pretty unhealthy. So I'm really excited to bring Kat on today because, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow and the Goop company loves to claim that it has all of these health benefits. But right. I want to hear all about your thoughts on that and everything. So, Kat, welcome. Thank you for coming ah, on today. Welcome, I'm welcome. so nervous, but I'm you having fun at the same time. Dude, um, you're a okay. and hilarious. Don't worry. <laughs> so, uh, just diet culture in general, right? Like, this is something that I know Gwyneth Paltrow was not part of MLM, but if she was not at the position where she's at, I can see her being involved in something like that. Yeah. And so just the idea how diets, how MLMs try to sell this kind of um, dream, like a better lifestyle, a better future. And at the same time, you have diets that are selling this dream of a better body, um, mm -hmm. just having this health, no issues with that. And so when they get tied together, I feel like it's even more predatory. And like I always say, and a lot of people say this too, like nobody joins a multi-level marketing company when they are doing great in life. <laughs> like when everything's going well, usually they're at a very vulnerable place. And same thing with a lot of diets. Uh, people are scared that maybe their doctors, you know, was really kind of shamey and like scared them into needing to change their intake or something um, when, you know, we could go at it in a much different way. And so yeah, <laughs> getting more into Gwyneth Paltrow though, a couple weeks ago, she was posting about this intuitive fasting book. One of her friends wrote this book and she was just talking about how amazing it was and promoting it. Um, the thing is though, that this was not only during the National Eating Disorders Awareness Week from the National um, Eating Disorder Awareness um, or Association, like it was just poor timing in any timing, but especially then uh, because one of the most insidious things in my opinion is how much diet culture is rampant on places like Instagram and um, how much it co-ops, yeah, that one, <laughs> it co-ops um, anti-diet rhetoric. And so like that book saying intuitive fasting and her even talking about intuitive eating. And I mentioned this in the video um, because there's actually a Beachbody coach who is making an intuitive eating course. The issue though, is that intuitive eating is an actual framework. It is an actual book. Sometimes people will put their own definition of what intuitive eating means to them, and that makes complete sense, right? But it has a framework. There are principles within it. And to take intuitive eating and to like make it into a diet is just very harmful in my opinion. And I like took out all of my intuitive eating books. Like this is an older edition of intuitive eating. There's an intuitive eating workbook that I use often um, for clients. And then there's also an intuitive eating workbook for teens. All of these are by those two registered dietitians who created that. Um, and so I really get frustrated when I see the word intuitive eating paired with a diet because it is evidence-based. It has over four, um, 140 studies currently, and it is so much more nuanced than just saying like 
eat when you're hungry, stop when you're full, um, you know, eat whatever you want. Like it's not, it's way deeper than that. So yeah, I, I think that's important because I all these feelings. <laughs> no, I, I want to hear all your feelings. You want the I'm so glad you're, you're the this. this is great. <laughs> Um, I, I think, and this is interesting because, so Kat was also on my, back in November, I hosted a small business, exp, like a small business virtual craft fair for the holidays. And she was on my channel talking about things as well. And I remember during that time you talked about, um, intuitive eating and about health at every size and about how these things, like these were book titles and these were things created by, you know, dietitians. And then a lot of the public took like what they thought the term meant without reading into it or looking into it and kind of put their own interpretation on it and then decided it was not worth it because they'd be like, Oh, intuitive eating. So just eat whatever you want. That sounds stupid. Like, right. I, and then they just kind of write it off because they don't actually take the time to research into what it means or what the research behind it says, or, you know, what the actual, like what the actual pieces of it are. They just kind of make an assumption that's like, Oh, intuitive eating sounds like just eating whatever you feel like and that's a stupid thing to do so i'm not gonna exactly. do exactly <laughs> i'm glad you mentioned uh haze health at every size so i practice yeah. with the haze lens and that has been co-opted also <laughs> by yeah. a lot of very thin like women on instagram and it they're kind of taking it for them i mean that's that's what that term means but um it was really grown out in the 1960s um by Black and LGBT women of body liberation. Um, it's it's incredible, the history of it. And it, it's really upsetting to see it being sold into dieting. Yeah, and I'm actually, I'll do a video on this at some point. I've, yes, um, I'm working on mine. <laughs> I've been, I feel guilty because I was one of the people bashing health at every size a few years ago. And it's because okay. I didn't know about it. And um I'm going to apologize for that in the video. I, I didn't have any platform at the time, so I didn't really have any effect on anything. But back when I was, you know, a very skinny person in the pro eating disorder world, everyone in the communities I was in would make fun of how health at every size is just an excuse for people to get to eat whatever they want and how we have better self-control than that or whatever. And it's like, it's a complete misrepresentation. Now that I've learned from you about what it actually is, I'm like, this was a complete misrepresentation of what this is about. So and it was just another way for this group to justify yes. um, unhealthy eating disorder behaviors. Yeah, A lot of people think it says it means healthy at every size, but it's health at every size. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's talking about just that everyone deserves to have just self-care at any size and be able to implement practices that support their whole health, physical, mental, social, and emotional well-being. And that we don't have to have this kind of like one size fits all you need to lose weight kind of approach. Like let's actually focus on actions that support your health and then wherever your weight will be, then that's where it'll be. I think that's important, an important way to view it. Um, and I'm glad to have learned all of this from you. So um, a few people in the chat have asked as well, um, in terms of intuitive eating, what are some like actual good resources that you'd recommend people check out um, for, you know, learning intuitive eating or, you know, going about it in a healthy way if they do want to, if they do want to try that approach. Yeah. Uh, the book, the original book is so good. It's uh, called Intuitive Eating and it's by Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch. And they're two amazing registered dietitians. It actually came out in 1995, I believe. So 
it's been around for a very long time and it's had several revisions, several updates. Um, and then a couple years ago, I think like in 2015 or something, they also put out the intuitive eating workbook and you can do both of them separately or you can do them at the same time. Um, they're both helpful in their own ways, but they, they both go through the same uh, foundation, the same like principles and framework. So that's the place that I would go because <laughs> it's a really easy read uh, or I don't want to say easy. It's a really um, like user friendly read. And when I was one of the the uh, ways that I went through intuitive eating, one of the times was through audio because I have gone through the book multiple times, but I really like the audio version of just kind of listening to it when I was driving, um, when I was still in school, that was really helpful for to me to understand it. Side note, Savvy, when you mentioned that reading was slower for you before because you felt like you had to read every word, mm -hmm. literally my life. <laughs> yeah, I realized that was an OCD thing for a while where like, I would get like really anxious when I was reading because I'd be like, if I don't read every single word, then I won't really have read this book and then it won't have been worth any of it. And so I right. need to read every word and then I'm like, and then I need to look at every letter individually and then I need to read every word backwards just to make sure that I've looked at every letter. And then I would take like forever to read a book and people would be like, Savvy, you're so good at writing and you love reading so much. Like why, why does it take you like hours to read this really small thing and <laughs> be like well because i and i didn't know how to explain that to other people because i'm like how does everyone else read so fast like yeah. it just didn't cross my mind that what i was doing was not normal ah I froze oh there we go okay yes <laughs> so i feel better about that um but audio oh. listening at the same time even of, of reading has been something that has helped too absolutely as far as like the anti-weight loss segment of Hayes Individuals, um, it's really more about the fact that getting away from being told that you have to lose weight, that you have to like, no, it's it's kind of the opposite. It's it's along the same lines of just body liberation, of doing whatever you want to do with your body and still like having respect. Um, and so I, I, that has what I, that has been what I have seen to be the foundation of the anti weight loss segment. It's just part of expressing upset and hurt from being told you have to change your body. I actually really liked, um, I swear I joined this cult because I feel like I quote it every day now in Atomic Habits. James Clear says, quite frankly, that if you're measuring your health on the scale and it's finding that it is making you not want to exercise because you're feeling useless, try measuring your health in other ways, like trying to wake, uh, like trying to be more energized throughout your day, which is a much, in, in his, he said, it's a great indication of if you're healthier or not, if you're feeling energized and not sluggish. I know he's not a dietitian, he's not a nutritionist, but I really like the idea of switching the perception towards like an active goal to make yourself feel healthier. That's not necessarily the scale. Yeah, absolutely. And um, Betty, understanding that uh, diet culture, but some people do want to lose weight and still love themselves. Yeah. So when this comes out, it's totally understandable because there are, a, it, it's just, 
it makes sense. Um, and so what I really like to focus on instead is what are the actions that we can do that make your body feel good and that make you show that self-love? So what are the actions that we can do that do support your physical health, but at the same time, don't harm your mental, social, or emotional well-being? Like, I feel like sometimes there is this uh, idea that if you are practicing with a haze lens that you don't take into account like any lab values or anything of that nature, but it's really about looking at the actions um, and recognizing how much of dieting culture the actions surrounding that, they can be helpful physically. At the same time, they can be very harmful physically, but they there is some aspects where they can be helpful physically, but at the same time, harmful to those other aspects of health, the mental and social and emotional well-being. And so going back to the definition of health by the World Health Organization, um, they define health as complete physical, mental, social well-being, not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. Um, I kind of that that second part, um, I kind of put aside uh, and focus in on health is physical, mental, social well-being and add emotional to there, too, that if you are doing anything that helps your physical well-being, but it's harming any of those other areas and it's not truly within the definition of health. And so we need to reassess that and you can still do that. And if you're doing actions that support those, then your weight will move to a place higher lower the same it'll be wherever it's at it'll be at a place where you can have those healthy lab values and you can or do things that support those healthy lab values and the energy like you were mentioning i think that's important because it's like i under i think having weight loss as a goal makes perfect sense in some cases but i feel like you know the anti-diet culture piece comes in where it's like you want if you have a goal to lose some weight that's great but if your goal is exclusively to lose weight then it would be an ends justify the means kind of thing where it's like, well, I can lose weight in any way. I could lose weight by doing cocaine. I could lose weight by getting liposuction. I could lose weight by like, there's infinite ways you can lose weight. Or you could, you know, say my goal is to lose weight because I want my body to be in a healthier place according to these metrics. And then that will drive your behaviors and the habits that you pick up to be in line with that as opposed to the bottom line of just lose weight above everything else. Exactly. Yeah. And you also have to think about how it's just so like, can I, I can use the F word, right? No, of course. Okay. Of course. If by the F word you mean fuck, then yes, you can. Use it, it is so fucked up <laughs> how the society will treat smaller people better. And so that is also one of the reasons why sometimes, and you can have confidence when you, some people say like, I gained so much confidence when I weight, Lara, when I lost weight and everything. Some of that confidence might be stemming from, you know, doing what you set out to do, um, feeling good, but a por portion of that confidence could also be from having people treat you better um, in the society, which is really fucked up. Like, oh, you it should is. We like, talk on this all the time about conventional attractiveness. Pretty privilege. How it is. It's a thing that exists. Yeah. Yeah. I got out of a parking ticket today because I'm so hot. I need to keep losing weight. Right. Um, you mentioned, though, I, I think it's interesting that you brought up complete health because I feel like physical and physical obviously gets the most. And it's then it's by far one of the most manipulated online. In fact, I think probably the fastest way to become a. I hear my echo for a second. I'm going to speak quietly. Um, I feel like the fastest way to become an influencer or grow an audience online is 
to hawk health products because I think it's just a constantly searched term. And it's almost to a point where obviously you're not pursuing the betterment of the people in your community. You're just trying to find a community to take advantage of to begin with. Um, and then you're rewarding yourself with those search results. Then you mentioned here social. I'm wondering if you're if you're saying that these communities are almost reaffirming negative health habits by creating that social health in order to I don't know fuel the excitement over it. Do you, do you find these manipulation tactics in the community? Do you find, as uh, you mentioned before, Instagram culture really playing into the uh, driving force of these negative misinformations around health? And how can we combat that? Yeah. Uh... I started thinking about social well-being, like other aspects of it. And so I kind of missed part of that. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. Yeah, My well, brain is just like firing in all different places. Um, well, because it's, it's about complete health. And yeah, I feel so like the social part, what I really see about the social well-being is like when you're with a group of people, right? Like right now, it's probably not the best time. Um, I cannot wait to get vaccinated, but same. <laughs> <laughs> I need to call my health department later today. Um, a lot of times when people are with a group of people, they'll like feel like they can't order what they really want to order because people will comment on it or be like, do you, are you really going to eat all of that? Or they will have to, you know, bring, I've seen people bring their own food to the restaurant, um, or just not be able to be a part of that social celebration. One of my favorite aspects of humanity throughout history, everybody is the same in this way of like every culture around the world throughout time gathers around food, whether it is a sad event, happy event, like neutral event, there's usually gathering around food. And so if you take that part away, you're taking away that some of that social well-being aspect of health. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested also just in your thoughts, we talked about uh, how you first, you know, you started to get upset with Gwyneth Paltrow with this book. Apparently she wrote the foreword for called Intuitive Fasting, the flexible four week intermittent fasting plan to recharge your metabolism and renew your health. So what do you, what is intuitive fasting and why is it something that you think is a bad idea? Yeah, so I the intuitive part is the one where I really because in her uh, Instagram bio, or not bio, but in the the thing she said, intuitive eating, it combines intuitive eating with intermittent fasting. And so I'm like, that is not combining intuitive eating. That is not what intuitive eating is. Mm -hmm. Fasting though, um, there is a lot of research done in a lot of mice um, and also in some humans. There's a lot of different types of fasting. You could do like a 16, eight, 24 hour one, like once or twice a week different things. So what we have currently seen is that um, it is it wasn't intended kind of going backwards. It wasn't intended to be this diet. It was the same amount of food just in a shortened time frame. And one of the like, even if you think about like your gut microbiome, right, we have our healthy gut bacteria, and they are alive, <laughs> then they have circadian rhythms. And so that was one of the like reasons behind it just to study more of like, what what would that look like, um, giving them some time to, of resting, essentially, what we have found is that there is some decreased CRP levels, which is your inflammatory, like infl inflammation markers. Um, also, A1C uh, can be reduced a little bit with that. So that is a three month 
overview of where your blood sugar levels have been the last three months. Um, we can also see some increased insulin sensitivity, which is related to blood sugar control or blood glucose control and um, supporting a healthy gut bacteria, um, healthy. Uh, another one is cell autophagy. So cells will essentially eat themselves in the appropriate time, like break down in the appropriate time. And then telomere reduction is slowed. So and that those continue to go down as we age. And so the reduction of it is slowed. Um, and another reason why some people have been proponents of it is there is a thermic effect of food. So whenever we do eat, our core temperatures do go up slightly. Um, that's just part of metabolism, the thermic effect of food. And so at the same time, we also know that when we sleep in very dark places, when we have a cooler overall temperature when we're sleeping, that it typically supports a uh, like better sleep overall, like quality. And um, I don't know about quantity, but I know of quality. Have you heard that about like lower sleep, sleeping in like a colder environment? Like not I've with the heater all the before. No, yeah, I've heard of that from because Ariana Huffington swears because her big thing is sleep. Yeah, oh, yes, I sleep yes. so much, and I always um, sleep with like a million blankets on. However, my bedroom same. is very naturally cold, so maybe that same. does help. I don't know. Yes, yes. So, uh, but the thing is, a lot of those kind of benefits we can see when we do. Oh, and this is kind of this is tied along to it. Sorry. Um, Medical nutrition therapy, doing things for your health for a medical reason is part of intuitive eating. Like one of the principles is gentle nutrition. Like we can still talk about nutrition and having balanced blood sugar levels, focusing on reducing inflammation, doing things for specifically if you have gastrointestinal issues like that, there is still a place for that um, in intuitive eating and with a haze approach as well. Um, but what I have seen that intuitive eating or non intuitive eating uh, fasting is helpful. A lot of people in the military will like to use it just because they're in a training almost of like they don't know when they're going to get their next meal. Um, and so it can help them to kind of get used to that idea because of being out and not having like the ability to have snacks or meals or, or anything like that. Um, at certain times, not all the time, but at certain times, depending on what their duty is currently. So currently, as far as the fasting approach is concerned, it's not that it's unhealthy, it's that it's being perverted by some influencers. Yes. Yeah. Um, women tend to see the, the those benefits that we talked about. Men and women can see those. Women can typically um, experience those from less time, though, especially with uh, just their hormones. Like you don't want to go that long without eating, like even 12 to 13 hours, we start to see benefits. Um, so that fasting period, if you think about it, like that's just sleeping <laughs> a little bit of time before, a little bit after. Um, that's not like a, a huge, a long period of time. At the same time, we can still digest food when we're sleeping, right? Like sometimes I usually eat a snack um, as I'm winding down just because I just want a snack. Um, and so I don't want anybody to hear that and think that I'm saying you have to have 12 to 13 hours of not eating. Like if you're hungry, go ahead and eat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds like uh, 
I'm just going over everything one more time. I, I do definitely like the idea of health at every size, just as far as relating it back to me personally, stick, sticking away from Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, my experience in unhealthy eating is just high school wrestling, which gave me a really fucked up perception of how, what you're supposed to eat. Um, so I'm very far from my all time low in health or er, in, in weight, but I, I gotta say, I'm 29 years old and I've literally never felt healthier, never felt more energized, sleeping very well, uh, never been more flexible, and my run times have even gone down. So I do think there is something to be said about not being at your all-time lightest and still being at a health in a healthier place. Absolutely. I'm the yeah, <laughs> the heaviest I've ever been, and I feel the best I've ever been. I have no energy ever, but I think that's a combination of my OCD medication and the fact that I work too much. And you Although texted me at like lot. midnight that, hey, Ari, drunk text incoming. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I do drunk text a lot. Um, Which is I mean, a the treat. the most unhealthy thing I do is probably how much alcohol I drink. I probably should cut back on that at some point because I know that I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be young forever. Well, doesn't alcohol that's make true. you young forever? Oh, uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it does. <laughs> I mean, Michael Scott literally said no one's died from booze. And I sort of live my life by the <laughs> Um, Y'all, Kat has this channel called Unlocked Nutrition. I'm going to put a link to it in the chat. Everyone should check it out. Here's the link to it in the chat. This is Not just channel. you, but all your closest friends. I keep saying it. Just get you and a thousand of your closest friends to go subscribe to everyone we bring on here. Yep, and then all of us will grow so much. Uh, I will be talking to somebody um, who left Beachbody who had habits that were harmful um, yeah. afterwards. So she has this whole yeah. fantastic series on like, here's like reviewing Herbalife's diet, reviewing uh, Plexus, like all the different MLM companies that have, because so many of them function based on like, weight loss and dieting and things like that. And I, I think it's great that you're providing this perspective of, hey, I actually know like scientifically why this isn't gonna work and why this is gonna be bad. So I think her videos are fantastic and everyone needs to watch them. Thank you. Absolutely. Kat, oh. thanks so much for coming on to the stream this morning. I have one more question. RK has one more question. Should I put spinach in my omelet? Yes. <laughs> I'm scared. You scared me off spinach. I just, no, I wanted to be Popeye. No, that's when I also, I'll, I'll leave with this of when you start to see nutrition things as all or nothing or black or white, that's not how it, we need to approach it, right? There's so much nuance in nutrition um, and that includes what you eat and everything. Oh, so I have two more questions now Yes, because uh, they're both very important to me. One, thoughts on gummy vitamins. Two, thoughts on black coffee. I drink a lot of coffee. I spoke to my primary care physician and she's like, as long as you're not going over six cups a day, you should be fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I drink black coffee. Um, oh. And I would say like, if it's harming your sleep quality, then yeah, then there is an issue. But if you are not having any issues with it. Okay, perfect. So black coffee is good. That's yeah. all set. I'm healthy. Um, I'm going to live forever with my black coffee. Gummy, gummy vitamins. vitamins. That kind of is going into just vitamins in general. Like they can be really helpful. You have to worry about bioavailability of it. Like, are you actually utilizing those? Or are you primarily just peeing them out? Um, generally, we want to get 
our nutrients primarily from actual food. However, that itself, some people struggle with getting enough food um, and struggle getting nutrient dense food. And so I'm also not going to sit here and say like, no vitamins, like you should get everything that you need from food, like as much as I would love to say that, um, and I'm a food first kind of person, um, there's, there's privilege in that, right. And so sometimes having those kind of supplements to help supplement everything that you're doing can be helpful. Um, but just recognizing that that's not going to be sustainable, like sustain your whole nutrient needs. Yeah, I got into vitamins because just going back to high school wrestling, which I now realize is responsible for everything wrong in my life. Don't let your kids wrestle everyone. Um, right. you, you know, you don't eat, you want to make weight, you drink a lot of water so you can piss it all out and then you get your, nutri your, your nutrients from vitamins. Exactly. Yeah. And buddy, you make a good, uh, like, um, idea <laughs> comment about how fats are uh, fat vitamins are either fat soluble or water soluble so a really good example i like to use is if you have this like giant salad you have some kale in there uh, you have some vitamin k and you have some mushrooms in there a little bit of vitamin d you have some other veggies for um, all the other fat soluble vitamins so vitamins a d k and e they're called fat soluble. And so if you're having a lot of those, but you're not consuming any fat alongside because you've been kind of sold this idea that you need to have a low fat dressing or make it as low calorie as possible, then you're not going to utilize as much of those fat soluble vitamins. And so I always encourage people to add um, healthy fats to their meals. Absolutely. Especially when they're getting in good sources of fat soluble vitamins, vitamins A, D, K, and E. But unhealthy fats can taste so good too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> and it's also, okay, so <laughs> side note again, something like lard versus like grass-fed butter. It, when you actually look at the fatty acid profile, we can see that lard has actually a, a really like pretty decent fatty acid profile. Um, there's not just like one kind of fatty acid in there. Um, and a lot of the ones that are in there actually like not that bad. And so you also have to look at like who is saying, what is a food that's typically prepared with that ingredient? Um, it's typically not like it's more cultural style food. And so I mentioned that in the video that I did of how like a lot of times people will think that culture rich foods are unhealthy. And that's just racist, in my opinion. Um, but it's totally understandable because we have been told that, you know, a lot of those things are unhealthy. But looking at the profiles of the fatty acids, you're like, mm, maybe we don't just have to have like those kind of, of ideas around it. Yeah, maybe everyone should come to New Orleans and enjoy our Southern hospitality and culture <laughs> and cultural food. Right. So, well, yeah. Thank you for explaining gummy vitamins to me i'm gonna probably i it's i saw in stronger bigger faster or whatever that movie was there's like oh, three, yeah. there's like three people a year who go to the emergency room for multivitamins and i'm always terrified i'm gonna be one of those three because I, I love gummy vitamins they're uh, so tasty they're so tasty they are um yeah have you ever gotten stoned just had a handful i haven't but y'all <laughs> <laughs> okay, don't eat multivitamins like they're candy because yeah. like i've been yes, telling you so they're so tasty <laughs> but don't do it it's bad for you i assume a d k and e so don't don't get stoned and eat vitamins get stoned and eat some healthy fatty acids thanks for joining us today cat benson
Subscribe eat whatever. Eat whatever. Intuitively <laughs> eat while stoned, everyone. Subscribe right. to Cat Benson's channel. Unlock nutrition. I linked it in the chat. This channel right here. It's wonderful. Subscribe to it, everybody. That's request for you. Do you write like a handbook for like the healthy munchies? Greatly appreciate it. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Awesome. Wonderful. That was great. I, I really appreciate Kat being on to share all that information. I would buy the shit out of like the munchies guide to a six pack. How to, how to, uh, and I'm not saying I know this goes against our healthy diet culture and haze approach, but just as far as like hawking items, can you imagine being like, y'all, do you want to be a stoner and Chris Hemsworth buy this book? <laughs> like the I cannabis mean, store. Yeah. I could see it. I could see it. <laughs> sure. This indica will make you feel heavier than Mjolnir. Mjolnir. I, there, there's a there's a word I can't pronounce. I appreciate what Haley says. Cat's so cute and professional. I would agree. I would agree. Um, cool. RK, are you still good for a while or do you have a meeting you have to go to? I do have a meeting I have to get going okay. to. So I do cool. appreciate so everyone. We're going to wrap up this stream then, y'all. We are going to be back here tomorrow at the same time. We're going to review more of Goop and check out more $50 mugs and shit like that and see what Gwyneth Paltrow is selling. I'll probably try meditating tomorrow morning and talk about that experience. But we'll make fun of Goop stuff again tomorrow. Um, I have a new video premiering today at 11 Central on the same channel. So you can go ahead and watch that. Um, I'm running some polls on Patreon, YouTube, community tab and Instagram right now to see if people want this show to be on this channel or on a separate channel. Uh, thank you all so much for being here. Vote on the polls. Come to my video premiere at 11. I'll see you then. And Savvy and I are totally going to shave our head at some point. So help us think of charities to donate. Oh yeah, we are going to shave. Once our hair grows a lot longer, then we'll shave our head on the stream. Gotta yeah. be before the summer. I'm not going through a New Orleans summer with long hair. Okay. Yeah. We'll shave our head on the stream. Yeah. That sounds good. So don't forget to support small businesses. See y'all again. Subscribe to Cat Benson. Subscribe to Cat Benson. Bye friends. <laughs>